0: Hello, I'm Neil Acheson and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. Professor Chris McConville from the Surface and Interface Science Group in the Department of Physics has been awarded a National Physics Prize, the John Yarwood Memorial Medal for his work on the semiconductor indium nitride. As he explains, his discoveries could have an important environmental application by developing a more efficient way of converting solar energy into electricity. Chris, you've won this National Physics Award, the John Yarwood Memorial Medal, for your work on indium nitride perhaps you can just explain what that is and what sort of qualities of indium nitrite that you've discovered.
1: The material is quite an unusual material. Um, nitride semiconductors came uh, to prominence about 20 years ago with a, a different material called gallium nitride um, and that's now um, been discovered to have some really interesting properties. It's it, uh, Gives out lots of light, um, and that's a property of, of uh, what's called direct band gap semiconductor materials. Um, if you've ever followed a, a BMW down the road recently and he puts his brakes on, then you're rather than a bulb that you would have seen in a car 20 years ago, um, you know, see an array of uh, light emitting diodes which are made of, of these nitride materials. Um, indium nitride is a slightly different uh, um, uh, material in, in that it's Um, has what's called uh, a narrow uh, uh, band gap. There's a property of semiconductor materials which determines their um, their property. It's called the band gap. It's the gap between where you conduct electrons and where you don't, and it, it really is the most fundamental property. Uh, and for many years, people thought that the, the band gap of indium nitride was approximately 2 electron volts, which is quite large, um the more semiconductors are, are concerned. Um, but in 2002, uh, when the material was grown properly for the first time by a technique called molecular beam epitaxy, um, then uh, people discovered that actually the uh, the band gap is 0.7 electron volts, so a factor of three smaller. And that means it's it's a far better conductor. Um, not necessarily. It has different properties because it has a narrow band gap. Um, it means, though, that when we can combine it with gallium nitride, which has a, a higher band gap about 3.2 electron volts, the alloys of this material, which are gallium indium nitride, and you can mix them in in a way to form. Um, any alloy of composition between those two, um, you can basically create a material um, which spans what's called the solar spectrum. That is to say, uh, that the energies of this gap um, are equivalent to individual energies in the solar
0: spectrum. So all the colours of the rainbow that you used to sort of you're used to see. Uh, and what sort of important? What's the importance of that then? That that it can transmit. Uh, uh, the the entire uh, visible spectrum of of light. Oh,
1: the idea is that you can have materials within the same um, system, i.e. made out of the same material, uh, which can be tuned to sort of uh, all the individual colours in in the spectrum. And the reason for that is it has applications then in high efficiency solar cells. Um, solar cells, as you know, are, um, are devices which convert sunlight or uh, photons um, into uh, electrical current, which we can use. Um, and the idea is is that you want to them to be as efficient as possible. Um, most existing sort of solar cells and designs of solar cells only collect photons from a small portion of the um, the solar spectrum. Uh, and so there's a large bit of it you're throwing away. So if you can have a material where you can design solar cells which can collect over the entire solar spectrum, then the aim is to get them much more efficient. Um, To give you an idea, solar cells range in efficiency from about 20 to 40% at the moment. The predictions for... new designs based on um, these types of nitride materials are uh, in excess of 50 and 60 percent so the prospect is for some very high efficiency uh, solar cells and of course in the uh, present energy uh, not crisis but certainly the energy environment in which we live then um, high efficiency so the solar energy is a way of reducing the sort of fossil fuel burning issues and uh, uh, helping the environment.
0: So it opens up the prospect of getting a, a far better conversion from solar energy into electrical energy or, or usable solar yeah, energy. That's right. I mean, if you look
1: at all the forms of alternative energy which people use, there's wind and wave, etc., and, and these are all very good as well. But actually, if you're looking at, at for replacing our usage, which is very high of fossil fuels and sort of gas and things like that, then really solar energy um, is is the only way to go. To give you an idea of of that, enough um, sunlight falls on the planet um, in an hour um, to supply our energy needs for a year, it's just very very dilute and so we can't collect it all. But um, if you can um, have a scenario where you collect a large amount of it, then obviously you can replace a lot of the, the the needs. Of course, this is sort of still theoretical, but um, you'd want to do it. I'm not sure anybody is proposing to cover the Sahara Desert with solar panels, but you know um, there are ways of producing uh, energy from these kind of high efficiency solar cells, integrated into different kinds of technologies, and there are there are ways to make them even more efficient. You can use what's called concentrated technology to really uh, focus down um, light onto um, these and make them highly
0: efficient. So, so what sort of breakthrough do you think this is that um, finding this property and, and having this sort of potential for greater efficiency in solar cells in particular?
1: I don't think it's going to be the big solving uh, the environmental problem. These materials will have um, quite niche applications and one of the reasons for that certainly at the moment is is uh, from the materials I made from India in particular is quite expensive. Um, And, of course, cost is always an issue when you um, want to have uh, very efficient um, kinds of materials. I mean, one of the the key applications we see um, initially of this is actually to use these materials to form um, solar cells for use in satellites. Um, The reason for that is, one cost is not so much of an of an issue when you're putting things in space and also these materials are highly radiation hard so they're not affected by for example cosmic rays which uh, are quite sort of prevalent and, and around so and that the operation of these devices um, wouldn't be altered if it, if it was um, uh, hit by a cosmic ray, for example, whereas uh, other types of materials are quite sensitive to damage um, like that. And so it's it, it's a very sort of um, a good application, I think, for the future. And of course, high efficiency means you need good conversion for for that kind of um, device because you can't really maintain it uh, on a regular basis.
0: And the other property that you discovered here was that it uh, it accumulates electrons on its surface, isn't it? And how sort of them important is that and what sort of properties does that give it then?
1: Yeah, that was um, a a sort of unusual discovery about the material. Um, It had been um, observed um, in devices people had formed basically, you put a metal layer on top of indium nitride and you measure its properties Um, and uh, there was some indication that perhaps there was more electron concentration near the surface than was expected. That's because almost a fundamental property of most semiconductor materials is they deplete of electrons near the surface so they lose the electrons. Um, uh, indium nitride is the only second one that's been discovered which actually sort of accumulates uh, electrons and it accumulates a lot and um, the only other example is a material called indium arsenide so another indium compound um, uh, but indium nitride has approximately 10 times as many electrons at its surface Than indium arsenide. And this has a number of interesting properties about that from a fundamental physics point of view, uh, but also has the possibility of a number of applications in the future as well. Um, So for example with such a large um, concentration of electrons near the surface you might be able to use the material as a sensor so you could detect any change in that that sort of current uh, near the surface perhaps as something uh, reacts with it in an an environment or a um, a particular chemical interacts with it you could be able to detect uh, uh, that overall. Um, The other thing we discovered about these electrons is because there are so many of them, um, effectively sort of jostling for position near the surface of this material, um, they actually form into what's called a quantum well, Um, and so the electrons at the surface only exist in quantized energy levels. and we've been able to observe these um, with a technique called angle-resolved photo-emission. This is a technique uh, which you use at a synchrotron radiation source, so we have to go and um, uh, get light of a very particular energy uh, and then we map out the electrons from the surface. We effectively hit the surface with with photons to eject the electrons from very close to that and we collect them all and we map them out in terms of their energy and their momentum when you do that you can actually see these quantized states near the surface and this is very unusual that have not been observed in uh, a material near the surface uh, before you can artificially make quantum wells in semiconductor structures but this is the first time one had been naturally seen near the surface. And again does this affect the possible applications of the material then? Possibly, um, I haven't really sort of explored that to any great detail but it does um, lead to the possibility that if you can tune the energy again, this sort of the energy of states in the quantum well depends on the number of issues it depends on the the width of the well and the properties of that and how many electrons you have in there. Um, But it may be possible to link those to particular states in something else that you put on the surface. And so you um, can move electrons from the semiconductor into a metal particularly efficiently. But um, as I say, from a fundamental physics point of view, it's a a very beautiful thing to see when
0: you see these quantized states there. It was quite unexpected. So could indium nitride then become a new sort of wonder material? That's something that everybody's going to be... Trying to, to use and adapt? I suspect not,
1: would be my honest uh, answer to that. I think it will remain uh, a material which has um, some very good potential applications. If there are still some fundamental materials issues to be addressed in, in this, um, effectively the field is only four or five years old since the new material was grown in, in sort of 2002, 2003. Um, and it's taken 20 years for gallium nitride to come into a device application. So maybe there are some um, applications which which are out there which we haven't yet seen. Um, the main ones, as I say, we're pushing ahead with are new potential designs for for solar cells and to test out new types of structures which haven't yet been uh, been looked at. And the other one is to look at light emitting diodes, perhaps. Um, in the sort of uh, red end of the spectrum rather than um, the sort of green and blue and, uh, and, and the uv which is, is areas which are being exploited at the moment but in other material
0: systems uh, are we going to sort of see that then in sort of common diodes and common uses to, of dyes that we see like you say in cars and that sort of thing Potentially,
1: yes. Uh, but again, um, I think the, the the key factor there is cost. Um, indium is a re- relatively expensive metal to extract um, and to purify. Um, mm. And while there are cheaper alternatives in another material... If you're just going for one application, like, for example, a light-emitting diode in the red, then there are other alternatives you, you might
0: use rather than, than indium nitride uh, for that. Uh, and that's a, the same applies for other more sort of common applications of light transmissions, like sort of using mobiles and that sort of thing. At the moment, it's, a, it's prohibitively expensive compared to other materials. Uh, possibly. I mean, I think certainly a technology which...
1: <clears throat> three five semiconductors that will come into in the future is mobile phone technology, um, probably in the next or the next the next but one generation, uh, as uh, as they head to sort of frequency ranges you know which they're not operating in now, but it as you move into those sorts of areas you know there are materials challenges, challenges with device characteristics and and sort of fundamental problems which have to be solved. Before you can move on to sort of uh, having a a regular application
0: uh, of the uh, of a particular device or or a material, Uh, so indium nitride might be uh, a solution to some of those problems in later more advanced forms of mobile phones, and that's I suspect
1: not in in those. There are uh, there are other classes of indium compounds which might be useful for that antimonides are an area which may well come into the mobile phone area again Another type of three five material which has a narrow band gap which has always been a theme of some of the research we've we've sort of done um i i think for indium nitride uh, at the moment the applications in light emitting um, structures are are always there as um one of the things which is is quite surprising about nitrides more than anything is that from conventional semiconductor three five semiconductor materials, things like gallium arsenide and indium phosphide, which were the first materials really to be exploited, they had to have high purity and high crystalline structures, so no dislocations and things, to operate as as efficient sort of light emitters and things like that. Um, nitrides are uh, full of defects and full of different sort of structures and all sorts of things, uh, and yet they luminesce fantastically, um, and so that's a new set of properties which which came out as initially as a surprise with gallium nitride. Uh, um, but we're, uh, we're trying to um, use those in indium nitride effectively to, to look at the path taken by a material, similar material and, and to sort of follow that and to see where the applications um, lead you. I mean research as you know these days is much more applications driven um, I think than it's ever been in, in the past but There are still fundamental physics questions which have to be answered about the material before you can apply it uh, and and make something um, which the man on the Tlappam omnibus might consider useful.